Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's our very special guest from Abundant Church in El Paso, Texas, Pastor Cruz Ramirez. chat with the family here and we got Theo uh, we got Theo Cruz right here in the house today um, yeah y'all just feel his presence yeah it's awesome y'all just feel his presence thank you Jesus could we keep the lights a little bit dim yeah, I want to for dim this those moment just dim them a little, a little bit. bit and then when we get to I guess to Q&A yeah. I don't mean to be all bossy I'm no, sorry no, no, Pastor. hey you're, it's your house you know how it is when you have the cousins over, right? You know? They get a little out of sorts. Okay, you're good. Then, we'll, oh, then we'll turn them off. Then turn them off. Yeah, when we do Q&A, we'll, we'll, we'll turn them up. Okay? We're going to do this for Theo Cruz, eh, Uncle? It's Cruz? all good. No, no, it's all good. It's okay. No, we can, that's let's good. Let's no, keep, let's no, keep, I like, oh, that's I like good the right there. Right there. That's a good move right Perfect. there. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's that's the it. move. That's it. That's the move. That's it. That's the move. And don't worry, if you get out of hand, we'll just, I'll look at Diana. I'll, I'll be submitted. And Diana will let me know, like, you, I'll need be to pull, you need to pull him back in. That's why we bring Diana, you don't know that. 100%. Yeah, she'll pull you back in. Hey, can I talk to the team real quick? Um, hey, everybody who's here and you're part of the church family, thank you for making the effort to come out tonight. I believe that the Lord sees your effort in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says, "Resist the, submit yourself under the hand, mighty hand of God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw close to you. And so I'm just grateful that those of you who are, are part of the church family that have come tonight, what you've drawn close, I believe that there is a drawing of the Lord and heaven will meet you here. But um, I want to take a moment to speak to not just church at large, but to the ones who are invested. There's a difference. There's a difference between I'm part of the crowd on a Sunday morning or during a midweek um, and I'm part of the core um, that makes things happen. You know, there's, there's layers to the earth and I'm not going to turn this into a, is it geology? You can. Geography, you can. geology lesson, right? But what makes the earth spin is its core. Right? I mean, you, you, you studied that out a little bit. Anyway, it's the core that keeps us moving. It's the core that pushes us forward. Jesus had massive crowds, but it was the core that ensured the propagation of the gospel in Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. So this, what I want to share right now is, is for the core. There's two thoughts that I want to share with you. 
Um, number one, I want to share Galatians 6, 9 with you. And if you're part of the core, that means you've spent some time in the scripture and you know exactly what Galatians 6, 9 says. If you don't, we'll quote it for you, right? Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. And I want to tell the core that what you've been doing has been sowing and it's been good work. And there is a due season appointed to the work that you've been doing. There is. There is a due season that is coming. And he's the Lord of the harvest. He cannot stop the, the return of the work of your hand. But this is why the, the Apostle Paul admonishes us and reminds us there is a due season coming, so don't get weary. That word weary does not mean that you get tired. Hmm. We all get tired. Hmm. We all get worn out. We're human. You're, you're not a robot, and you are not an infinite resource. So the assumption is that you will get tired. When you study original language in the use of the word weary in Galatians 6, 9, the great apostle would have said it this way. Don't relent in doing what you've been instructed to do. For the Lord is faithful to the return on his promise. And you will reap a harvest if you faint not. That word faint there. The word faint, again, is not to fall at the wayside because of physical exertion. The word faint literally means in original language, it means to cower. And I just felt like I wanted to share that with the team, that this is not the time to become cowards. That's the only way the enemy can disrupt. There is a due season appointed to this house, and there is a due season appointed to your investment of ministry, and there is a due season appointed to the effort that you've given. And the only way, the only way we miss it is if we become cowards. I'm not calling you cowards. I'm not calling you, you know, I'm not. But a coward literally says, I don't, I, I quit I give up, I'm running away. And this is the only way you will not see the faithfulness of God is if you quit. I'll say it this way, if you don't quit, you'll win. Plain and simple. I have a mentor of mine that when he calls me, he'll say, Cruz, you still holding on? Are you still holding on? Are you still holding on? Don't quit. Let's not cower. The, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 at, the, at, at verse 44 says, we are not of those people who fall back. We are not of those people who fall back. Back to what? Let me just, no, really. For those of us who are, are, are at the, that precipice 
A building project is hard, y'all. And I'll say it this way. I can't say it on a Sunday morning, but I'll say it to the team. And please forgive me. We'll, we can take it out of the recording. But it's hard as hell to build. And just on that note, I saw a statistic. 80% of pastors that quit do so after a building project. 100%. 80%. Because that's, that's, where the, that, that's where the attack happens. It's the raising of the money, right? the stress of it. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a whole thought I want to share. Can I just, okay, you just stop me when you need me to stop. I'll look at Diana. And okay. Um, it's hard as hell because it's the literally thing we're building against, and we're building for an offense against hell. You know, when we say, you know, that Matthew 16 moment, you know, and I, I say that you are Peter upon this rock, I'll build my, my church and, my, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We always think that it's hell coming against us. But you don't send gates on the offense. Gates are a defense. Yeah. Right? And so we're building this to take this to the gates of hell. And those of y'all who have lived on Florence Street and... Frank, Frank Long, the south side of Sacramento. I I, I Google. Don't start Matt. throwing out your street names I, now. I easy, Google, easy. I go. I it's, it's like, what set you claim, Cud? Gardons. What set you claim? What set? Where you from, Cud? I'm just playing. I'm just. I, I don't. I don't. The Lord delivered me that from that a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, <laughs> But this is about taking it, this is about taking the fight to hell. Um, thank you, sir. And it's hard. It's hard to build. It takes exertion to build. This is not the time to become cowards. This is not the time to let your hope become deferred. Right, that's Proverbs chapter 14. Hope deferred will make your heart sick. And for those of us who have been fighting the, the urge to stop and the urge of a broken heart and the urge of a disappointed heart, that's not to say that, that you shouldn't ever feel disappointed. You should be a cyborg and never feel. That's not what we're saying. We understand, man. There's expectations and there's hopes and dreams. And I get it. I get it. But the scripture teaches us to not defer our hope. That word deferred literally means to put on, to put aside for, a, for another time. The proverb says that a hope deferred will make the heart sick. Positive expectation of good things happening is literally the meaning of hope. I have a positive expectation of something good happening for me. Or something good happening, right? And if you ask Cruz, what, is, what does good mean? A lot of times we think good is just good for us. And yes, praise God for the good that happens for us. But sometimes good is good in us and through us. And sometimes good happens in us and through us and not necessarily for us. Right? And there are seasons where it will be good happening in me and good happening through me while I'm yet holding on for the hope of ha good happening for me. And can I still be courageous 
when the goodness of God is seen in me and through me, not just for me. You know, the next verse after, it says, you know, but a, but a suddenly good turnaround, a suddenly good breakthrough is a tree of life, is what Proverbs says. And then the next verse says, so don't despise the word of God. Instead, obey it. The health of our heart in times of hope not going the way we think it should go or the way we expect it to is the health of our heart is anchored to submission to his word. There's no other way around it, fam. And I wish I had a Disney swirl. And I'm talking to the team tonight, right? Like, we got people who like, came like, man, I was hoping I'd get a good message tonight. And you will, and God's going to do something. for. I, I believe that, that miracle signs and wonders tonight. But I just, I just felt a burden for our team. Because I, across the country, um, as, I've, as I've gotten a chance to travel this year, the, um, the sentiment is the same. There's weariness. Across the board. Pastor will tell you, I, and I have pastor friends who... In 2019, we're excited about the ministry, and now they don't have a church. Yeah. yeah. More than just a church, now they don't have spouses. And mm. now mom and dad are in heaven unexpectedly, and now businesses are closed. I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a tough time. And a coward just says, I'm out. I'm gone. But I'm reminded of when the apostles, when the followers of Jesus were presented with an option to go somewhere else, they said, where are we going to go? Go do what? Yeah. I I think that's the deception, right? That we have options. Yeah. I I think that's the deception, guys, is that some of us are still like, well, if this church thing don't work out, I got my looks to fall back on. For now. Hey, we're old enough to know that gravity is going to win. I'm old, I'm old enough to know Brother, that. I'm right behind you, right? So like, <laughs> gravity wins. Yeah, yeah. Gravity wins. Well, well, well let's, let's, let's jump into that a little bit because one of the main reasons I wanted to do tonight it's because I feel it in the atmosphere of our city and people I talk to. And like you said, nationwide, just the anxiety thing. You know, we've been in the middle of a series talking about finding peace in the chaos. Uh, everybody's dealing with anxiety. My brother Vince was just telling me about a pastor in San Diego recently that just committed suicide. A large ministry. And that's been happening more and more in the last three years. And these are with people within the kingdom of God people that know Jesus like you and I, but we still give up or we just think, you know, we fall into the anxiety and the angst of, of waiting for a promise or the frustration of things not happening. Um, speak into that. What, what would you, what would you say to that? Because I know there's some of us in this room today that maybe are just dealing with anxiety and, and, you know, some of it is, is, for a good cause. It's never for a good reason, but you understand it's why. It's justifiable. Yes, that's the word, yeah. justifiable. Yeah. But then others, maybe it's just they wake up in the morning and they're anxious. What do you speak into that? Uh, first of all, I think for all of us, 
deal with anxiety, and let's be honest, we all deal with it in different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, let's cast off shame. Hmm. Welcome to the planet. Yeah. Um, and welcome to the last 18 months. Philippians 4, 6 says, <clears throat> so, I, so I'll, I'll start with what I think the root. Now, this is not a comprehensive response, right? Like there's, there's a, I, I understand this, yeah, the dynamics layers. of this is broad, yeah. right? Um, but just big picture. Um, Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Um, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Thank you for bringing up the new King James Version. Y'all are saved back in the booth tonight. <laughs> um, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. I think the Apostle Paul there, Pastor Sergio, is incredibly wise. Um, he's not saying um, you're never supposed to have anxiety. He's not naive. He understands that we're human beings and we're going to go through anxiety. Um, I think he's saying two things. Number one, he's saying don't live a life of anxiety. And number two, let the places of your angst be where your prayers are formed. The word anxious that's used there in its original language is the word angiri, A-N-G-E-R-E, angiri, which is where we, we get a, from a derivative of that word, we get the word asphyxiate. Hmm. Your breath is taken away, you cannot breathe. Which is if you think of panic attacks, right? It's like you can't breathe. Um, and when I think of a state of being anxious, whether it's physical breathing or metaphorically speaking, I cannot catch my breath. Um, I think that the cares of life, the doubts of life, the fear for tomorrow, the concern for today, the shame of yesterday, the uncertainty of the time is sent to steal and take away our breath. Um, and you can asphyxiate one of two ways. Number one, you can asphyxiate by hyperventilating. Right? You're just breathing too much. Right? Or by hypoventilating, which is you're not letting go of breath. So it's interesting that anxiety is formed where there's hyperactivity or hypoactivity. Wow. Anxiety is formed where I'm taking in too much. I'm thinking too much. I cannot stop thinking. I can't stop. What about this? And what about that? And what about them? And what about here? And what about there? And what about wow. tomorrow? And what about this? And what about that? 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 And I'm going to keep doing it till I annoy you because you, some of us live like this. And you're hyperventilating mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Wow. 
and there's too much just coming in, too much coming in where you're just, <laughs> right? Or you're hypoventilating. Something has happened and you won't let it go when you're just holding your breath. Oof, wow. Like, hold, like, try holding your breath, right? Like, do you see what I'm saying? And I think that's the attack, right, on our mental state. It's a barrage of stuff consistently. Like, do you have the, like, I have an iPhone, but, like, do you have, like, the app, like, the news thing? Mm. I had to turn it off. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just a consistent barrage on my mental state. Just, like, just, all, and it was, like, the dumbest stuff. But then, like, it's, like, I felt myself, like, just be, like, again, again again and then you know what they do they do this thing where like three different news outlets will give you an alert for the same story <laughs> yeah am i the only one yeah right it's like the washington post the wall street journal and the Enquirer. <laughs> you know what i'm saying and they're all reporting the same story and we're just taking it in taking it in taking it in taking it in or fear works this way we take something in and we just hold on to it And we're not allowed, and we're not allowing ourselves to just. And it's beautiful because Paul in the scripture says, listen, here's how you should be breathing spiritually, emotionally, in your time of prayer. This is what breathing looks like. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale inhale and sometimes we inhale and we process and we'll inhale worry but he's talking about prayer praise and petition praise and petition petition and praise petition and praise prayer is the inhale exhale it's the breathing cadence for our spirit okay my 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 head knowledge my human experience breathes in negativity and it bring, breathes in stress, and it breathes in the, 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 just the cares of life. But what should come out of it, I should exhale my faith yeah. and my stance in, in God's word. And he gives, Paul gives us the, the formula for breathing. Wow. wow. Praise and petition. Praise and petition. Praise him. What is praise? Praise is not worship. Worship is for who you are. Again, not, I'm not speaking in absolutes, right? Yeah. Worship is a lot of things, right? Yeah. Right? But praise, ah, watch. Worship can happen without me ever saying a word, right? I can acknowledge the Lord internally without ever saying something. Praise cannot. I can be grateful and feel grateful without ever saying something, but I can't give thanks without saying something, right? So I can say like, oh man, I'm so grateful. God is so cool and not ever say anything, but I can't give thanks for what he's done without some sort of cognitive verbal response. So praise and petition. Praise talks about what he's done, right? Yeah. So here's what breathing looks like, right? Remember, anxiety is to take breath away, wow. trying to steal our breath, yeah. right? 
and it's interesting, right? Like that the, 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 the spirit of God is, is likened to a breath, a life-giving spirit, right? If we're going law first mention at the beginning, right? He yeah. breathed into, into man the pneuma breath and he came alive, right? And it's interesting that the enemy through stress and life is trying to take the breath away, breath. right? He was yeah. trying to just rob you of it. Wow. Um, but pray, praise says, thank you for what you've done. God, I'm grateful you've done this before. You've been there before. You've made a way before. You've been faithful. I know too much. You've healed me. You've delivered me. I'm going back to the moment. I'm going back to the day. I'm going back to the time. I'm going back to the answered prayer. I'm going back to the miracle moment. I praise you because you're strong and mighty. And I praise you because you're near and you draw close. I praise you because you're perfect when I'm not. I praise you when you're faithful when I'm not. I praise you that you're strong when I'm weak. I praise you that your grace is sufficient for my inefficiency. I praise you that you cover a multitude of sin in my life. I praise you that you made a way when I could not get to you. I praise you for what you've done. And you're starting to respond to that. Why? Because you're remembering what he's done. Right? So that's, that's how you start to breathe. Watch. And as we praise, as, as, we, as we praise, then what starts happening confidence and faith starts to be stirred for what I need. Come on. And in that, I've found that in my time of prayer, I catch my breath. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're not going to have anxious moments. You will. In this world, you will have trouble. John 16. And who said that? Uh, Some guy named Jesus. Oh, he can't lie, can he? (laughs) So it's coming. Right? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And I've given you my peace, not like the world gives. Not that kind of peace, but a peace that is not of this world. That's why he's, that's the result of prayer and the, 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 the antithesis to anxiety is the peace of God. See, anxiety is the result when my peace is disrupted. The peace that crews can accomplish. Wow. Wow. When the budgets that crews set no longer work anymore. When the goals that we set at the end of 2019 get disrupted in March of 2020. When the expectation by 31, I'm supposed to be here. All of a sudden, the peace of me is disrupted. And where do I end up trying to catch my breath? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Trying to catch my breath. But when I can pray and breathe and, and, and praise what he's done and breathe in faith and and exhale a response God you're good and if you've done it before you can do it again I've seen you move we sang it this morning come on right and there was a guy I, I don't remember who the the old theologian is that said it it might it sounds like a very Spurgeon thing to say because it's kind of mean um, <laughs> but the, the saying says I don't know who attribute who to attribute it to but the saying says that that Christians often don't lie as much as they do in times of worship. I believe you can do it again. Do you really? Mm. I surrender all. For real? Mm. Wow. 
No, I mean for real. You, uh, so you're going to surrender your dating life? Oh. Your what life? Your what life? What did you say? You're going to surrender the budget? You're going to surrender the timeline? Right? Ouch. The anxiety comes from just not being able to catch my breath. And so in times of prayer, we catch our breath. And the result of catching our breath is the peace of God that surpasses human comprehension. And we, we, and we drive ourselves back into anxiety, Pastor Sergio, because we do this. We start to feel settled, because we'll do it, we'll pray, and, and we'll start to feel settled, because we don't understand. We have, we have no justification for the peace and it's in the scripture the whole time that surpasses human understanding. You're not going to be able to understand why you feel that peace in the middle of chaos. But I don't have to understand it to receive it. And what happens is we'll drive ourselves back to anxiety because we're resisting the peace. No, no, this feels too good. Something's going to go wrong. No, 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 no. So this is going too good. Something's going to happen. Watch, it always goes this way, and it always happens, and this always happens. I don't want to get my hopes up because the last time I got my hopes up, he messed me up, and the last time I got my hopes up, it was totally crazy. And the last time I got my hopes up, blah, 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 and then we go again back to hyperventilating. Mm. Or we just don't breathe and like, mm -mm, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. Right? So Philippians, Philippians says, the great apostle says, listen, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind your feelings, your emotion, your decision-making with this perfect peace. He'll guard it. He'll mount up on it. And then I love, so how do, how do, we, how do we live practically to, re, to resist anxiety? It's in the Word. The message version says it this way. And you'll do best. Do best at what? Keeping the peace. You'll do best when you do what? You look at, you think and you fill your mind with what's true. You know, too often we believe the facts more than we believe the truth. And yes, there are facts in your life. And I don't know why I feel a, just a nudge towards single people. Go ahead. Someone's in here like, ooh, the Lord is going to talk to me about my boo. Right? <laughs> nah. I'm going to talk to you about the facts. Well, I think, I think you're feeling that. It's, it, it's on the heart of God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think single people, especially singles, you know, above a certain age, I won't even say the age, whatever it is in your thing, but <laughs> I think a lot of anxiety comes, that, that, that carries yeah. a lot, yeah. you know, that single yeah. people carry a lot of anxiety. There was a guy in the Bible who had a promise and he got anxious because his wife couldn't have kids. So he went to go help God. Y'all know the story? You, oh, you've heard the story? Have you seen that episode? It's streaming over here too. Um, man, we're in it, Serge. We're in it tonight. Um, and so Abraham feels anxious and decides to help God and finds his bond servant, the bond woman named Hagar, 
and lays with her and produces. And you've heard, you guys have probably heard the sermons. And just because you can produce it doesn't mean it's your promise. <laughs> and the truth is what he gave birth to was strife and contention. That's literally what Ishmael's name meant. He was a man of chaos. And to this day, you see Ishmael. Chaos. Fighting the promise. Isaac. To this day, they're still fighting. Um, and so I think that There are facts, and there's the truth. And just because the facts are the facts today does not mean that that's going to be the truth for your life. And I just want to, look, I may be the closest thing to a time machine that you'll have today. Here's what I mean. For those of you who are waiting for the Lord on a promise, last January 2nd, 2004, I was single. January 3rd, 2004, I got married. From one day to the next, the facts changed. And the truth was that the Lord had a promise for me. Why does that matter? The matter that matters because the fact you'll look back, if, if you continue to be faithful, I believe this with all of my heart. If you continue, continue to be faithful to what the Lord Commanded, because for some of us it's a command in the room. It's not just a, it's not just good advice. It's but it's been a command. Um, I believe that you'll look back in a few years and say, "Man, I'm so grateful because I'm living in my truth and I didn't make decisions for my life based on the facts in that moment." The facts can change so fast. I hope that makes sense. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop chasing that rabbit. Um, so anxiety, it happens to us all. We're all susceptible to it. It's trying to take your breath away. You catch your breath by praying. Praise, petition. Thank God for what he's done. Let that stir faith and confidence for what you need him to do. Right? And how do you keep the peace? Right? The result of catching your breath is peace that goes beyond your understanding. Peace that you might not be able to explain. We're in the middle of the hardest time as a family. We're in the middle of our hardest time as a business. We're in the middle of our hardest time as a church. But I feel at peace. I, f I feel quiet. Cruz, what does this peace feel like? It feels like I can sleep in the middle of a storm. It feels like, man, I don't like, look, I'm looking at the bank account and I'm looking at the bills, and one, one of these things does not go with the other. But I'm going to go sleep on it. It's peace. That's illogical. It's inexplicable, but it's undeniable. So you'll do best at keeping the peace practically this way. And just when you get a chance, go read it. It's, it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 in the message version. You'll do best at keeping the peace when you find things to bless and not things to curse. What would happen? What would happen? Oh, look, here we go. Summing it all up, friends. Look at Eugene Peterson is so, so extra. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating. Oh, we could talk all night on meditating, right? Like, um, 
You know, meditating is self-talk. What you mutter, what you say to yourself. Oh, this is incredible. You'll do best by filling your minds and muttering the things you mutter under your breath. What would happen if that changed? The things you mutter to yourself. Some of us are, are so, we're like the, we're so ugly to ourselves. God, you're so stupid. You're never going to get it right. Really? You're a child of God. Really? You're going to, really? And this is a very Charles Neiman thing to say. Who do you think you are to talk to yourself that way? Hmm. What gives you the right to talk to a blood-bought, born-again, redeemed child of God that way? No. The meditation needs to change. The muttering needs to change. The things we say under our breath needs to change. That's how you're going to keep God's peace. And you focus on the things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Here's what I love. This is where it gets super practical. Look at this. The best, not the worst. Mm. (laughs) Like for real, like if you woke up, like, like what if we woke up tomorrow and we focused on the best about us, not the worst about us? Come on. Both aspects are going to be true. Both ends of the continuum are going to be true tomorrow morning. There's going to be the worst of us and the best of us at work. And, and the, the climate of our soul is going to be driven by our perception. Proverbs says that as a man think is in his, thinks in his heart, so he is. How are you going to keep the peace of God in your life and keep your breath and just focus on the best and not the worst? For some of us, it's going to be like, you know, this 1992 Toyota Corolla is the best car I could ever have today. Right? You know what? This is the best job I've ever had today. Man, she's the best wife she could ever be today. Right? Because I'm giving praise for what I have today and I'm telling him what I need for tomorrow. Come on. Right? So I'm going to focus on the best and not the worst. And I'm... I'll, I'll get it moving, Pastor Sergio, but I just felt like I hope no, this is okay. No, this is okay. I, just unpacking. I, I really just hope you guys are catching this because anxiety is after you. Some of us, it's already gotten you. And the thing about anxiety and why we're hitting this so hard is because when somebody suffers from anxiety, the people that suffer more than the person carrying anxiety are the people that love that person. A wife that's full of anxiety, listen, you need to get this because you're crushing your husband's soul. Your, your, your kids are being raised in an anxious home, anxious environment. They're scared to do anything. They're scared to trigger the anxiety. And guys, it's like he's saying, we all know this, it's, it's, it's after the body, it's after us. And, you know, uh, it's expensive to all go get therapy. Some of y'all need to pay that bill, though. You know, I'll, I'll say this, Pastor, that... But uh, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. we can really save ourselves some of that. Yeah. 
man, by just reading the word and, and yeah, I and agree. Just doing I, I I think that look, I believe in therapy. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Therapy helps you manage your soul, helps you manage your your emotions. Um, I, therapy does a great question, does a great job asking the question why. You know, why, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think this happened? Why do you, why, why do you think that? Why do you think that? And I think that's awesome. And we, we need, we need, we need, we, we, we need care for our soul, right? Um, however, at some point, we're going to have to confront the big question, right? And so let's just say, you know, we did, you know, at our church, we do, we do, we do pastoral counseling, right? And so there are times where I'll sit where, with people who have just been through it, man, right? Just, just been through it. And the big question is always why. Cruz, why did this happen? Why? Why hasn't this happened yet? Why? Why? And, um, you know, I, I love, we love people enough to just walk down the road of helping them find meaning because that's, that's one of the things that as a species, you know, just it's a beautiful gift that God gave us where we're able to find meaning in things, Right? And um, there's a guy named Viktor Frankl. If, if any readers in the room, I'll just throw out an incredible, incredible read. There's a book called um, Man's Search for Meaning by a guy named Viktor Frankl. He survived Auschwitz. I, don't, I think I don't know if I pronounced that right, but um, he's a Holocaust survivor, and it's phenomenal. Um, and he just really unpacks this, this thing we do as humans where we try to find meaning in everything. And so we ask why a lot. Why did that happen? Why? Why did God let that? Why? 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 And... In my experience, Pastor, when we could we could meet once a week for an hour, and maybe in six months arrive definitively at why, right? Like we're 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 there in next March, six months from now, we just have this aha moment. It's like ding, Cruz, I understand why. I understand why, man. I have full comprehension of why this has happened. I understand why, man. I know why. And that's fantastic. Praise God for comprehension. However, we still find ourselves confronted with two truths, even if we'd have full understanding of why. Number one, what has happened or what hasn't happened still happened or still hasn't happened. Does that make sense to you? The thing that was making you ask why still happened to you, but doesn't take it away. Number one. And number two, you're still going to have to answer the question, okay, great, you, you know why now. The question now is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I just t- took it upon myself to be a blessing to people and help them take a smart cut and be like, listen, I'm not going to sit with you for six months to ask why. We'll process for a couple of weeks maybe, but then I'm going to ask you, listen, you don't need to know why to decide what. You know, for, this, for, for our singles in the room, um, you don't have to know his name to be a wife today. Mm. You don't have to know her name to be a husband today. And so I don't know why you haven't met him yet. I don't know why, but I know what, <laughs> what we should do. Does that make sense? Here's what I'm going to do. You know, and, and that makes sense too for some of our singles, right? You, you keep acting single. I'm glad your pastor said that. Um, no, because I think you're right. Like, be what you want to be now. 
there's a way that a wife acts on social media. There's a way that a wife carries herself. And you can be single. And I believe, man, that's such a word. If you unpack that and, and, and begin to live, it, live that out now, that could be the key. That could be the key. Same thing with the fellas. You got to quit acting stupid. You know, and it and it can it can it can go as far it can it it can it can it can go as far not not just social media. Don't get mad at me. I'm just, deal, we're just right? having a talk, guys. This, uh, is, this is how I talk to my boys. Are you happy? Home, are you, you know? Pastor Charles? Right? You glad you came tonight? That's Pastor <laughs> Charles. Right? You glad you came tonight? No. Okay. Well, whatever. Like we're all. <laughs> um, well, well let, let me let me just kind of go on that too go. because sometimes I get frustrated with my kingsmen, so my single kingsmen, right? We're, we're kingsmen, but like, and we, we have a vision to get married, some of our single guys, but we're only looking for a wife through the eyes of our flesh. We just want <laughs> hips, lips, and fingertips. You know, it's crazy that in Genesis, um, he said, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. He recognized himself in her. Um, and if you keep not liking what you're attracting, that says all about you. Wow. Because he, you know, the, the scripture said that Adam, Adam actually went and looked at creation. He said he went to the flocks, the fish, and the cattle and did not find a mate. Good thing. That'd be weird. Have you ever have you ever caught have you ever caught that? It's it's in the amplified version, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that it was it they were they were they were all made from the same stuff he was made of. You pulled them out of the soil. True. You know, but something happened in, in Adam, and you know it. He was on the search. And let me. Okay, here we go. This this is not a singles conference. All right. Um, no, but, I, but, but, I the Lord, but the Lord has Diana and I in like a younger, like we're, like we're in a young adult ministry again. Like I, I was telling pastor, like, like, man, I guess once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor, right? Like, um, and so we find ourselves ministering to a lot of young adults. Um, don't despise the search, man. Don't despise the, the scrutinizing and saying, no, nah, that's not it. Now nah, that, nah, that's not it. You know, like I, I, I would hate for you to settle. I want you to have a moment when you find him or you find her where you say like what Adam said. He said, finally, finally, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Finally. There was waiting there, man. Yeah. And there was expectation there. He literally says it's in the word. Finally. There she is. Well, you know, finally. I, I think there's more reasons than just hitting singles with this tonight <laughs> because I find that some of our parents we give bad advice to our own kids because we're trying to look at them and go, oh yeah, this hat was for me. But remember how jacked fair. up you were. It's not fair. That's not fair. It's not fair. I, I hope to God it's not, not going to be the same for our kids. And, and so I think talks like this, well, you know, I, I think parents need to hear like, this kind of standard so you you have your kids believe for a certain standard and and believe for a certain thing because uh you know parents it's important that you're giving good wisdom to your kids that you're giving good wisdom to your kids not just being like well this is how it was for me me and your, you and your dad met in a bar Duh. you know so uh <laughs> i mean that might have been the case 
but don't you want better for your kids? Through the grace of God, y'all made it. And through the grace of God, you know, but I want better for my kids. Yes, sir. Amen. So I, I think, you know, some of what you're saying, I hope resonates with our, with our parents in, in, in the room and, 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 you know, that we're giving good advice. I, I want you to have that joy, man. For those of you that are dating, I want you to have that joy of that moment. Those of you who are waiting, and maybe even, maybe, maybe it's not even just romantic relationships. Maybe it's business partnerships and entrepreneurial opportunities. You not, not every good opportunity is a God opportunity, you know, and not every single thing is a thing, you know, like David in a moment of desperation, in the moment of desolation, remember at Ziklag, right? He's justifiable in chasing and pursuing and getting vindication and revenge, Right? And we all would have understood, like, yeah, bro, I, we get it why you went and, and had a, went on a rampage and killed all those guys. But he asked the Lord, shall I pursue? Shall I pursue this? Because it's not just about you being able to explain, yeah, this is a good idea. You are not your own. I'm not my own. You know, and it's not, it's not a, a, it, the decision making isn't a moral rubric and it's not just return on investment. Sometimes it's about obedience or disobedience, you know, and in whatever your pursuit looks like right now, whatever it is you're pursuing, I just, I, I want you to have that moment. I want you to be able to have that joy where you say, finally, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, man, it's the same essence. We line up. We can be in partnership. This is it. This is what this is what God had for me. This is it. Amen. You know. Amen. I don't. I don't want you to be on your honeymoon. Like, I hope this works. <laughs> you laugh, but I've had the conversations. I'm sure you have too. Adam. I've had them. Cruz, I think I made a mistake. Cruz, I'm literally Googling how long before I can't annul this. I can't annul a marriage. You know? I think the Holy Spirit took us down that path for a reason. Yeah. You know? Um, can you pull up that scripture again, Philippians? I just, for the sake of closure, I just want to finish reading it if that's okay. Yeah. Um, right? So here's, here's just practically. Right? Do you have the message version again? There it is. Watch. So how, how, how can we practically on a daily resist anxiety? Man, I'm going to focus. I'm going to fill my mind. Right, so fill my mind. And I I'm would totally talk jot this down on your phones or whatever. This is going to save you hours and hours of, of wondering what to do. Go ahead. I'm going to fill my mind. I'm going to, I'm going to think and I'm going to say, true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. You can go look those words up, okay? And, and let the Holy Spirit guide you on the definitions. But here's just where it gets super practical. Look at this. Fill your mind and talk about the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. <laughs> How simple is that? It's all perception. It's all perspective, I mean. I'm sorry. It's all perspective. You know, well, no, I won't just say that. I was about to talk the difference between perception and perspective, but we don't have time. Um, the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. 
things to praise, not things to curse. My God. And then put into practice what you learned from me. Again, we have an element of ownership. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Watch this. Do that. Mm. Do that. Do that. You know, sometimes, sometimes I wish, pastorally, I wish I could just smack people upside the head. <laughs> because what's crazy is that you already know. We already know. And I'll sit with, I'll sit with the husband who's about to lose his wife. And you know what he leads with? He leads with, Pastor, I know, I know. I know I should be doing things different. I know. I know. Can we switch? There you go. I got used to this one. It's very, it's weird. Yeah, I know. We go. Okay. Um, can we do what we know? You know, that's literally, that's literally wisdom. To do what you know. Knowledge is half the battle. That's the worst part we all know. Right? Like, I was making jokes at myself about being Cancun ready or not being Cancun ready. Right? I know what it takes. My brother-in-law owns gyms in El Paso. My brother-in-law is a beast. Right? I know, church, I know what it takes to have abs. Ask me if I have abs. No, I don't. (laughs) You want to know why? Me neither. Me neither. You want to know why? Because I wouldn't do what I know to do. You want to know why we're losing our peace? Because we're not, we're not doing what we know to do. And we're waiting for revelation. God, send me a word. Give me a revelation. And you know the most powerful thing that God can do to you, do for us, is not reveal, but remind. I don't need to reveal anything else to you. I already gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Wow. 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 And what I need to do by the Holy Spirit is remind you of things that you know you're just not doing anymore. Yeah. Okay, I'll st- I'm, I'm going to get no, off. No, you're good. That's good. Do that. Do that. What do you know but you stopped doing? Do that. Cruz, I don't know what to Yeah, you do. You just stopped doing it. You want to know why you stopped doing it? Because it didn't happen on your timeline. And you got upset at God and you got weary and you fainted. You became a coward. You said, that doesn't work. I don't believe that anymore. I'm, that doesn't work. And it's not that you don't believe. Is that we're impatient. I'm, okay, I'm going to get off. I'm going to stop chasing that, right? I'm, but... Do that. And look at this beautiful promise, man. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Amen. This is what I love about it. Amen. Because the, the, the writer, Eugene Peterson, says, uses the word harmony. The word, the word harmony is different than the word melody. Can you do me a favor, bro? Can you just play the melody of something with no harmony? Just play the melody. Something that everybody would know. That we would know. You could go secular, bro. I, come on, yeah, you're being safe. That's all right. Right? You know the melody? Now, here's what's really cool. Is that in a melody, only one note is being played. There's only one voice. Only one voice, right? But can you give me something with a harmony? 
sounds different, mm -hmm. richer. God doesn't want to come in and bully and just do wow. his thing. Wow. He's okay with there being two voices. Wow. He's okay with there being your desire and his desire. But it's got, and now do me a favor. Play me, play me, play me something that does go in harmony. Yeah. Well, give me the melody again. There we go. Now play it not in harmony. He's so good. He's like, I don't know how to do that. Make him clash, bro. Yeah, not harmony. No harmony. Make him clash. It still sounds good. Still You're sounds so good. good. <laughs> it's like, it, it, still, it still sounds good. It's the like, anointing. It's the anointing. Make it sound not good. Like it's just, they, these two notes do not go together. I can't do that. Oh, there you go. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Right? Thank you, sir. But do you get my point? He wants to create harmony in your life. Right? Something about giving you the desires of your heart. But you got to be in harmony. You got to be in harmony. Right? You know, like, God, God is, is so beautiful. And we're just, I mean, praise God for my ADD tonight. So, like, watch. He, he's such a beautiful conductor. And he knows how to weave the harmonies and weave the different voices. And there's a difference between an experienced conductor versus a child playing. Mm. And you put a child on that piano, they're just going to hit notes. And there's going to be no harmonies. What it is is going to be noisy and annoying. Mm. And it'll hurt our ears. And we'll be like, just stop. Right? He wants us to play in the harmony. But I wonder what would happen if we stopped being the conductor and we just started being second fiddle. Mm. Wow. And said, okay, God, you take the dominant voice and all the company. Can we just park right there for a minute? Just close your eyes for a moment. There's a key right there God is trying to give you. Some of you have just been, just been out of sync. You're not in harmony with the word of God over your life. The things God wants for you. The things God has for you. And you need to make a decision tonight. You need to make a decision tonight to say, you know what, God, forgive me for pulling you down for pulling you my way and making the sound of my life a crashing symbol rather than wow. harmony. Come on, sir. And there's some of you here, this is why God brought you here today, tonight. And you know what that thing is. You know what that pet thing is that you're hanging on to or it might be a relationship. It might be, you know, a habit. It might be 
where you hang out on Friday nights. I don't know what it is, but there's something keeping some of us out of harmony. And Father, I just pray. Lord, you said your sheep know your voice. And the voice of another we will not follow, Lord God. I pray that you make it clear what it is you're calling us to, what it is you're asking your people to do to get in harmony with your will. Because, Lord, your will is always better for us. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I'm reminded everything I've ever believed God for, he always surpassed it. Doesn't he? Isn't that his nature? Absolutely. But it's us learning that he does know better. And what he has is going to be better than what I want in the now. I'm I'm thinking of two two things right now. Um, First thing I'm thinking of is for those of us in the room today that have been carrying the angst of unfulfilled, unmet desires or, or yearnings or expectations, I don't want you to hear the voice of the enemy telling you that you're wrong, you're rebellious or something wrong with you because that'll discourage us too. Mm. Um, and he'll, he'll trick us into abdicating our faith for believing what the Lord has spoken to us. And so what I want you to do tonight when you get home, we won't turn this into a tarrying service. Some of you know what that is. I grew up old school Pentecostal and we had tarrying services all night just so I want to grab hold of God and I will not let go until you bless me, right? Um, But what I want you to do is I want you to have um, a Gethsemane moment tonight before you go to bed where you're honest with the Father about where your heart and your desire is. Jesus himself had the crucible of his own desire and went through that. And he said, Father, if it, if it be, take this cup from me. I'm, great, I'm grateful that the Gospels give us snapshots of his humanity and his honesty and his authenticity. And I want you to go really sort that out because some of us have been subtweeting God. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like we've been posting something in our in our attitudes, and then we've been posting stuff in our dispositions, and we've had this little edge, and we've had this little snarky thing that we just have this thing, and what it is, it's unspoken tension between you and God and it's manifesting dispositionally and behaviorally it's going to come out somewhere from the abundance of the heart the mouth is going to speak and I'm just going to remind the leaders in the room if it comes in your mouth one time it's proof positive that it's abounding in your spirit and in your heart that's what the word said and so if there's a little bit of just, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there's just a little bit of, uh, that comes out of our mouth, the truth is, it is teeming in our heart. And what I would encourage you to do is go confront it and be honest with the Father. Say, so here's how I feel, man. 
here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. I don't like this. I don't like, I don't. But I want you to hear and heed the Holy Spirit when he leads you to a nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And here's what I believe, that you will activate a, what is it, Hebrews 12 anointing on your life that it was on Jesus, that who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the shame of the cross. And I want you to understand that the light affliction that is but for a moment, I didn't get to preach that this morning. Like, I had a whole series in my spirit today, and I just, I preached like part one. Um, but the affliction that you see today is but for a moment. Paul said, will reveal in us a greater weight of glory. Right? And I, I, want you, I want you to negotiate that with yourself. And I want you to confront that tonight before you go to bed. And just get to that point. Lord, nevertheless, I believe that this light affliction is but for a moment. And there is a greater weight of glory. And that there is a joy that is set before me that I don't know yet. I can't perceive it yet. Eyes have not heard. Eyes have not heard. Uh, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Right? The things that the Lord has prepared for those that love him. And if you love him, there's a promise of a preparation for you. There's something that is set, up, set for you. Amen. You know? So. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get that tonight? We answered one question. That was it. <laughs> we really had more questions to go into, but I really just feel like we need to guard ourselves against the whole anxiety thing. I want to encourage you guys to highlight those scriptures in the Bible, the scripture, Philippians 4. Look at that. And, 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 and let's guard ourselves against those things. Um, and we started tonight just praying over those of you that have just been discouraged with the weight, with the patience, with the delayed of the delay of your promise. Uh, and also the deception that comes with the delay of the, prom the, of the promise. And the deception sometimes is it's never going to happen. And that's just not true. We need to learn how to hold on to the word of the Lord. The greatest guard against anxiety and all that kind of worry and stuff is when you have a word. You've got something to put your mind on. And a word from God is always going to be his best for your life. You know, those types of things. And some of you have put those things down. And um, tonight, before we let you go, I want to kind of transition this now. We want to pray for those of you that are just dealing with sickness in your body. And we're doing this because the, the Bible is very clear. If there are some sick among you, bring them before the elders of the church and have them pray that you may be healed. We're going to obey that scripture today. I don't, it doesn't matter what's going on in your body. We don't even need to know. But we're going to activate that promise that you will be healed as we do that, as we lay hands on you. And I just know personally many of you guys really just been dealing with sickness and, and, and things that the di doctors have diagnosed and things. And there's not a lot of answers other than medication. We want to add our faith to yours today. But I believe even that is tied to the harmony of your life. See, sometimes, and you said it this morning in a quote uh, that you guys use at ALFC, 
about we want the God result. What is it without doing? If the, you want, if you want God's results, you've got to do it God's way. That's if you want simple. God's results, plain and simple. You gotta do it God's way. See, some of us, man, we want that healing in our body, but sometimes a a, a sickness is a symptom of something spiritually. Sometimes, not all the time. We live in a fallen world. Sometimes it's a symptom of something physical. Yeah, it could be that. And it's connected to a pattern that we just won't. We won't break. We won't, we won't submit. We won't come out of harmony. We won't submit. We won't submit. And so we got to work together. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lay our hands on you. But if there's something inwardly that you just won't surrender, then man, just save us the time. I mean, I hope that doesn't, I hope that doesn't sound hard to you. But like, how can we add our amen if inwardly you're not in harmony with what God's trying to do? And that's not just for those that might be maybe sick that we're going to pray for in here. Other things that some of you guys that we were dealing with uh, and prayed for in the beginning, as we're praying for you, we're releasing strength. We're releasing a voice. We're releasing another layer of agreement. But if inwardly you're still trying to get God's results doing things your way it's just not going to work and I think, I think we need to face that reality you want a better marriage but you don't want to work on yourself you want a godly husband but you don't want to do it a godly way you want a godly wife but you're still creeping in the DMs come on, amen like it ain't it ain't gonna happen. Some of you go, what what are what are DMs? What, what's what's <laughs> They don't matter. They do. Some people just don't. They not. That's that whole thing. You secretly message somebody on Facebook or Instagram or 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 whatever you know, whatever you're using the out DMs. there. You know, but but. Are are you guys are you guys tracking what I believe God is saying through Cruz tonight? That's number one. We've got to deal with the anxiety that's trying, that's coming for us. We've got to guard against it. And those things that we're believing for, guys, we've got to get in harmony with. Those are the things I'm, I'm, I'm feeling tonight. So praise and worship team, can you just come right now? We're going to just take some time and we want to minister to you. Maybe, maybe we didn't touch your topic. Maybe it's something that you're just dealing with. And you're just like, Pastor, I came tonight because my wife and I need prayer for our marriage I came tonight because I'm just dealing with bad dreams. I'm dealing with, uh, you know, anxiety. I'm dealing with, you know, demonic presence. I'm, 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 whatever it might be, y'all. Like, we don't do this all the time. So we want to pull on the anointing that is here. Maybe you're just struggling. Maybe you're just feeling weak, you know, in your, in your walk. And you're just like, man, can you guys pray for me? Can because I know there's been times in my life with all the reading, all the study I was doing, sometimes I just needed somebody to lay hands on me. Sometimes I just felt like I needed someone to pray over me and, and, and release something in me. And that's what, that's what we're going to do tonight. Pastor Cruz, do you have anything on that, on that note or just something you're feeling well, in, in that regard? Can, can, we do, can we do it in a way that really challenges um, your our vulnerability, okay? Um, often in the Gospels, when Jesus would do a work in someone's life, he would always ask, he would often ask 
what do you want? Um, even when it was obvious, and it's not because Jesus was tone deaf and couldn't read the room and couldn't see what was, what was obvious, it was to challenge their faith and to get a response of faith. And so, Pastor, if it's okay with you, can, can we make some calls that are, that are specific? Absolutely. Um, and I want to do a couple of things. Number one, I want, I want to set the tone in the room, one of, one of which is if we make a call that is not specific for a need that you have, praise God, number one. Um, secondly, then if you are not participating in the call, then if, if you're not participating specifically at where the call is a need you have, then you're participating as an intercessor and someone who's setting your faith and touching agreeing for the deliverance and the freedom and the liberty and the, and the work of God in the lives of your brother or your sister that is responding. Yeah? Um, number two, I just, I, just, I just bind any type of self-conscious, inferiority type of spirit Amen. or any kind of critical judgmental spirit. I believe that when we walk away from a time of this, we're going to remember, wow, look, remember what God did? Not, do you remember what she was doing and what she responded to? Because this is going to be a time and a moment of authenticity and honesty. And it's hard to have honesty and authenticity and vulnerability in a place that's not safe. And so can we commit for this to be a place of safety for us to be honest? I believe that as we do this, our church becomes a beacon in South Sacramento for hundreds of thousands of people, <laughs> tens of thousands of people at least, who need a place to be safe. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.